0: Today's message, don't be weary in well doing. And now here is Bishop Caldwell. Galatians chapter, the ninth verse. Paul's writing to the churches of Galatia. In the sixth chapter, in the ninth verse, you'll find these consecrated words. Let us not be weary in well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I want to use a simple subject that I didn't use at 8 o'clock. Never give up. Never give up. I have this little drawing I had, it used to be on my desk. It was a cartoon rendering of what appeared to be a crane animal. Long legs, feathers, long beak. And somewhere and somehow, he was trying to eat the frog. And the frog had his hands around the crane's neck. And the captain says... Never give up. See, your darkest hour, uh huh, is right just before the break of day. I, do I need to say that again? You, you, the darkest hour is right just before the break of day. Some hemologists put it like this if you can just hold out to tomorrow, everything. It's going to be all right. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy will come. If you hold out. Your joy will come. If you hold out. Never give up. Never give up on God. Because God ain't going to never give up on you. Tell your neighbor. Don't ever give up. Paul here and writing to the churches of Galatia. Which were a pluralistic amount of churches, more than one. He says in this ninth verse, and let us, that's the language of love. We're not trying to make nobody. This is your let us on your plate. This is let us. Let us without tomatoes. You have to have a heart that is willing if you're gonna deal with this letters. Yeah. To the body of Christ, those of you that have been so traumatized by life situation, and you being a black man like I am, you already know what the deal is. Last hired, first fired. Mind manipulated by the system. When it seemed like when you should be five steps up, you're ten steps underneath. So i have come today as your brother in arms, a soldier, in the army of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. An anointed minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's time for us to eat our lettuce. Let us not be weary. Be worn all out in our mind. Seeing ourselves uh huh as grasshoppers. And seeing everything and everybody else around us bigger than we are. God is bigger than the problem. Don't you never give up on God. Don't you never stop praying. Don't you ever stop believing. Don't you ever stop confessing. Don't you ever stop standing. Don't you ever stop praying. Don't you ever stop loving. Don't you ever stop forgiving. Don't you ever stop coming to church. Don't you ever stop calling on God. Don't you ever stop believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the even? Because the darkest hour is right before The break of day. Now I don't know if you've ever been outside when the darkness had to give way to the light. Before you realize it, the sun is up. And so it is in life. It ain't over until it's over. So don't you ever give up. Let us, the Bible says, not be weary, not be worn out. Not be burnt out. Not be overshadowed by the burdens of life. Don't you ever be weary in well doing. Now notice right here. It's, it's, it's talking about weary in well doing. See you can get so mad and now here you are keying somebody's car. This is calling upon every one of us that is born again. To understand that we must not ever become weary in well doing. There are some things that can happen to us in life, man. We just get bitter instead of getting better. And now we're not well doing. We're not doing well and we're doing evil. How many of y'all know that vengeance, God says, is mine? Yeah. 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 Now, two things I know the Lord said is His. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord, and the tithe is mine. Yeah. So don't you take it upon yourself to get even with anybody. Okay. Let us not be weary. Worn out in well-doing. So when life hits you upside the head, or life appears just straight up in your face, don't get bitter, get better. Ain't nothing in the world worse than a bitter old person. And bitterness oftentimes come about because people don't think that they've gotten their day in court because of something that was adversarially done against them with avarice and was very capricious, and it hurts you. You have to learn to let that go so you can live because that stuff will put you in an early grave. So let us not be weary in well-doing. So what is this saying? When you are done wrong, you do good. Come on, I'm talking like a Christian. When you are done wrong, you do good. Watch this. Do good toward those that are doing bad toward you. This ain't just being good to Mookie them and your first cousin and the folk you know and folk that you work with. This is about doing good toward those that have done evil against you. The Lord said, listen, if they hungry, feed them. If they're naked, give them clothes. And this is how you heap coals of fire upon their head. You burn them up. They do evil against you. You do good toward them. They try to pull you down. You lift them up in prayer. Now watch this. This is the disclaimer. You can't do this on your own. You have to ask the Lord to help you. Because you don't want to do anything that's wrong. You don't want to do evil for evil because we as Christians must understand we overcome evil with good. That's a divine principle so that it can keep us free from the inside out. Love is the bridge that causes us to cross over into the next dimension. So don't be weary in well doing. In well doing. The Bible says that Jesus was anointed of God. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. See, it's a natural reflection. They do something to you, you do something to them. See, that's Old Testament principle right there. An eye for an eye. A tooth for a tooth. That's not New Testament principle. The New Testament is to love your enemies. Huh? To do good. Toward those that do evil against you. To pray for those that despitefully use you. And see, you got it right through here. You got to have a want-to attitude. That's why the man ain't trying to force no potato on you. He wants you to get this lettuce. He said, let us do this. Huh? What what is hindering us from doing this? Let us not be weary in well-doing. See... If we hate what folk do to us, then we turn around and do it back to them, then we're no different. So what are you complaining about? Now you're just like them. So if you're going to be like them, then when will the world ever see a real Christian? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life that I Now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I'm not to do evil for evil. Railing for railing. Strife for strife. And if I find myself doing that, I don't feel good about myself. Because that's the new me hating my old actions. See, and that's why the Christian feels condemned in their heart when you know that wasn't right. You know how you, you know, came up and rolled up on that person and cussed them out and talked all about them because you've been hurt. I keep telling you, hurting people hurt people. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. You have to if you plan on growing in grace. The world is a big place. You cannot be, you cannot afford to be walking around in this world with a big old chip on your shoulder. Because it's not gonna do anything because your heart to get bitter, and once your heart is bitter, it's not getting better, and now we gotta deal with sadness drying up, dries up the bones, and now you got arthritis, you can't hardly get in and out of your bed because you're so hateful. Who has hindered you? What has hindered you that you should not run this race with patience? I am so challenged by All of the victims I talk to. Everybody is a victim. Everybody wants to talk about what they did to you. What they should have done towards you. What they didn't do. Listen. Tell the whole story. You got slapped back. (laughs) You just want to come to the church. They slapped me. Yeah, but what did you do to them? We're not always right. And it takes a big man and it takes a big woman. I ain't talking about donut oversized. I'm talking about it takes a big man or a big woman to admit, I thought it was my neighbor, but really it's me, Lord God, and I'm the one standing in the need of prayer. You know, sometimes people can just be picking at you. Like they ain't got nothing else to do. They just pick at you. See, what they're trying to do is get what they call a rise out of you. And once, you, once they get a rise out of you, then now your tongue is running overtime. time. You saying stuff you thought you never would say. You thought you had gotten away from that long time ago. But the devil can bring out the worst in Clarabelle. Huh? You think you passed cussing? You think you done passed that point? Some of y'all know it because on your way here today, you had great exercise. Man, listen, life can pull out the worst in you, or life can pull out the best in you. So what ought to keep us grounded is no matter what happens to us, it happened also to Jesus Christ. On that cross, when he was crucified, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what... You got to find forgiveness in your heart for those that trespass against you. If you plan on being healthy and living a long, productive life, We have to be guilty of doing good. A bunch of do-gooders in Donald Trump's America. Don't be weary in well-doing. Let us not be weary. For in due season, I like this. In due season, we not maybe might gonna, we shall reap. See, there's a due season coming, baby, with your name on it. And all that the enemy has told them from you, God is going to command to give it back sevenfold. Am I right about it? He will restore to you the years that the locals have eaten. Your job is to stay alive and stay in love and keep on walking and moving and breathing and being happy and let God handle your light work. In due season. If the trial came in a season, and if you hold out to tomorrow, then your due season is going to come in a season. But until then, your faith must be put on trial to show that it's the real deal Holyfield. And as your faith is on trial, then you're going to begin to grow and understand some things that is not me that the devil is trying to take down. He's trying to get me to not believe God while I'm in the lion's den. Amen. Daniel had a trial. All night long, he stayed right there in the den of lions. Oh, thank God, but when the morning came. The same folk, you don't have to lift your hand and go to jail trying to mess back with nobody. You just put your trust in God, call their name in your time of prayer, turn them over into the hands of the Lord, and let the Lord deal with them. Because the same folk that threw Daniel in the den of lions, when the sun came up that morning, they were thrown in there. Daniel lived, and the lions were so happy to see them coming until they met them halfway Come on, talk to me up now. Them lions jumped up there, man, and broke them uh, uh, to pieces before they ever hit the bottom of the pit. Don't you worry about who's against you, just know who's for you. And if God be for us, who then can be against us and be successful? Nobody. Nobody. So don't be weary in are well, doing. In other words, keep on doing well. Keep on doing good. Keep on loving people. Keep on loving yourself. Keep on loving God. Love becomes the bridge that causes you to go anywhere you need to go. But hatred is nothing but bars around you that inhibits your progress. And when you let somebody pull you down so low as to make you hate them, then you are in bondage and you're no longer free. But see, love is the cure-all. Love is the delivering force. Love is the power that keeps the light burning. Love is the energy that sets a man free, and he can walk among his enemies, and his enemies start, listen, his enemies start speaking well of him. When a man's ways pleases God, he make it even his enemies to be at peace with him. Can I get a hallelujah at the house? Don't you spend no energy trying to get even. All that belongs to God. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Now, the fainting part is a problem. Because to faint means to be weak. To faint means to have your spirit so weak until you cannot rise up and deal with life because you're weak. And faint also faint-hearted means, listen, it sounds like this. This is just too much. I mean, every time I turn around, it's something else. I don't know what I'm going to do. I I can't keep going through all this. I'm going to shoot myself. You call that faint-hearted. You call that feeble-minded. We have a lot of feeble-minded Christians. They can't handle all the gossip you keep putting out there. And you reckon them now they ain't coming to church. They have no confidence that no preacher nowhere can help them because you have damaged them with your wrong talking and their minds are so feeble and so weak until you have damaged them, they don't go to church anymore. Hallelujah. All the lying and gossip that you got going, now you done damaged somebody. And Jesus said, It is be better that a millstone be hung around your neck and you be cast into the depths of the sea And that you'll offend one of these little ones that believe on me. Leave these babies alone. They're trying to get a good church where they can grow up. But you got your mess that you ain't resolved. And now you're spreading it all over everywhere. Shut the up. That ain't right the way you talking and the things you saying. If you don't want to be in the ministry, leave it. But don't be sitting here poisoning folks that love Jesus and the eloquent preacher. Huh? You ain't that deep. You that dumb. There are some feeble-minded people among us. Do not meddle with these people. Because if you offend them, you're offending Christ. You have to have compassion on the weak. Compassion on the feeble-minded. Everybody ain't got a chip on their shoulder running all the preachers down. The church ain't good enough. And and by the time you have unloaded all your mess on this babe in Christ, God is not pleased with you. And you know what? That stuff coming back to your house. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. How dare you tell any member here? You just love your pastor too much. What is your problem? Maybe you had a man in your life that beat your mouth. Huh? Maybe you don't even like men. So I happen to be a man, so now you got everything negative to say. You ought to be a... You need to get converted. You need to get converted. Everybody at the church ain't in the church. I'm saying all this because folk be saying all this kind of stuff. You must not allow the cesspool of somebody's mouth and filthy thinking to blind you to who Jesus is and the good people that are in this church. There's some good people in here. Got a few rats too, but we got some good people in here. But do you understand what I'm saying? Life happens. Tell your neighbor, life happens. Sometimes good and sometimes not so good. And this is what Paul is saying. Stuff happens. So don't get weary in doing well. Don't let nobody turn your heart into doing evil. Don't do evil for evil. I have a problem with white people. I've had it for a hot minute. I'm born and raised here in Caddo Parish. And I was talking to the Lord about it. How many of y'all know no matter how long you've been in the Word, it's still some light for you? I asked the Lord, how do I deal with white people? Now, you know, some of y'all won't even touch this subject. That's why you're so oppressed on the inside. You don't even know who you are. So I went to the Lord. And he told me what he told Peter. Peter said, Lord, how many times should my brother offend me and I'll forgive him? Seven times? Jesus said, oh, no. Seventy times seven. Now, I went to book of Washington. I already know. That's 9,456 times. See, you Woodlawn Bethune people. That's 490 times in a day. Well, 490 times in a day and a person that's doing all that to you 490 times in a day, I need to ask you a question. What have you done to them that they're doing this to you 490 times in one day? I know I'm offended by white folk. I know I'm offended by some black folk. I don't... Brush that off as though it didn't happen. It happened. You keep, if, if you don't stop covering stuff up, you won't be able to walk in your living room. All that stuff up under your carpet. Don't get weary and well doing. You can't let this stuff blacken your heart. You can't do it. I mean, you shouldn't do it. Now, I know you're a man of God. Woman of God. I know you speak with tongues. I know you cast out demons with your finger and with your word. I know you're a powerful, mighty, mighty woman of God. But you don't tell me that you don't get weary. You don't tell me that you don't think some folk don't like you. You don't tell me that your mind ain't bombarded with negativity. Because it is. But God got a remedy. God got a remedy. Everybody at the church ain't in the church. The devil got some folk up in here too. I know a couple of them. Yeah, I know know a couple of them. They bad bad company. They bad company. They will mess your head up about the Lord. You can't listen to everybody. And folks that want to come to you and down other people, do this for me, please. I'm talking to the Christians now. I'll get to you demons in a minute. (laughs) You tell them this. Listen, you trying to run my brother or sister now? I tell you what. Let me call them. Let me put you on speaker. Because you ain't coming to me separating me from the folk I love. You got to have wisdom in days like these. I'm going to tell you something I don't want you to tell nobody. Don't tell me. Don't be weary in well doing. Represent what is good and decent in life. Represent love and fellowship. Yeah, yeah. Represent forgiveness. Yeah. Represent, listen, God says I've given you the tongue of the learned. That you might know how to speak a word in due season to those who are weary. Yeah. People shouldn't have to come to a mature saint in, in Christ and get a bunch of mess. Hallelujah. We got some folk among us with gray hair just as messy. I say that because the word says rebuke not an elder. So I just can't call them out, <laughs> but I want to. So in the middle of all that's going on in your life, do good. Don't be weary, because in your doing good, you got to do season. Uh uh. If you don't faint. If you don't start talking foolishly, you got a reward coming. Amen. God knows how to get a reward to you. He knows how to bless you in the city, out of the city. He, he knows how to send you another blessing. Can I get in witnesses in here? So, it doesn't matter how deep you are. And I thank God that deep, and call us on the deep. I, I got that. I got that. You know. We're going to look at some men of God and we know they love the Lord. But they got weary. I'm talking to somebody in here right now that you're thinking about giving up on your marriage, giving up on your family, giving up on your job, giving up all this. Let me tell you something. The devil will have you opening your mouth. Here you are trying to cuss somebody out. And when it dawned on you that you're talking to the supervisor, now you try trying to cover. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you out. You fired. <laughs> Get out. That's what the devil does. He emboldened people to make you think you can just say anything you want to say. And some of y'all don't be deceived because you've been there a long time. The devil been around a long time too. Don't, they just put it like this in the hood. Don't let your mouth write a check that your lower posterity cannot catch. <laughs> Is that the eloquent preacher? too much we trying to inform folk like like ham did daddy in there drunk what yeah in there drunk and naked it dawned on me just this morning as I was minding my own black business I got a black business that the first moonshiner was a preacher The first person to make moonshine on this earth was a preacher. Now the only excuse he would have is that he wasn't speaking with tongue. The first moonshiner. This ain't got nothing to do with the message. Don't try to fit it in. You know who the first moonshiner was? Noah. Noah Made a vineyard and started making wine. <laughs> anyway, I just threw it in. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Noah figured out that he could do more of them grapes than grapes to eat them. Be encouraged today, and don't be weary. In well doing. Amen. I had a preacher that didn't, didn't invite me to preach. Uh-uh. But I'm going to send him a of love offering. You can't afford to let yourself get in that funk. Get in that situation right there. You start doing evil for evil. Don't, don't tell your neighbor, please don't do that. Being a Christian, say this to your other neighbor. Being a Christian, Christian. mean you have to learn how to take some stuff stuff. while you're smiling. smiling. i to get some help in the house. I mean, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11, and I'm reading. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as you also do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, support the weak, be patient toward all men, see that none render evil for evil unto any man. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. So I shouldn't just be good toward black men. I should also be good toward white men and yellow men and red men. And there's a part in there that I need to lift out for myself. You should know me in the Lord by now. You know I'm going to talk about civil rights. You know I'm going to deal with black and white. So why are you all puffed up every time unless you just like puffing up? I'm not sitting here to whitewash this Bible. I'm sitting here to teach. So you're to know those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. Right here, that happens to be me. You ain't been sitting here to teach me. You've been sitting here for me to teach you. That's not arrogance. That's written. And we are to encourage one another. Am I right about it? We are to, Verse 13, we are to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. You ought to be lavishing words of praise and commendation on the Sunday school superintendents, on your Sunday school teachers, on these that work in ministry, whether they're over the choir, whether they're over hospitality or the ushers. We need to start encouraging one another. And we need to esteem them very highly. What does that mean? Hold them in high regard. It's something wrong when somebody that's supposed to be all up in here, up in here, tell you you love your pastor too much. That's demonic. Amen. How you going to love me too much? And you're supposed to be loving Jesus like you love me. Amen. You ain't going to find nobody talking about it. you just love that pimp too much. He beat your head and then you say, well, I ain't going to leave him because he leaves he's looking out for me. Yeah. Nuthead. <laughs> We're supposed to love in the kingdom. Amen. We're supposed to love all men Amen. with discernment. Amen. If I know you don't like me, I'm supposed to love the hell out of you so you can see the light. Amen. I'm not supposed to go about doing evil. You say bad things about me. I say bad things about you. I've been guilty. I, I I say I'm the only I'm the only person in here that's been guilty of talking about you, huh? You can't love nobody too much. Love is inexhaustible. When when we talk about God, so love, so. You do you know how big soul is? So high. So low. So wide. You can't even imagine love. And a lot of us are in prison right now because we don't like certain people, so we don't deal with them. We don't talk with them. You're not growing. Amen. When my granddaddy killed my dad on the 4th day of May, 1954, I saw the whole thing. And listen, from that day to this day right here, I've never hated my granddaddy. Because what happened was above my pay grade. I don't miss my daddy. I know his father's day, but let me just set a few of you all straight in it as moaning. Let me tell you something. I don't miss my daddy because I never knew him. He died at 27, 26 or 27. I was only seven years of age. You can't miss what you never had. I'm sorry I didn't get to know him. But that, that, that's over. And I want to talk to all of you that's living your life. Why are you stumbling over what's behind you? Now now think about that again. Why are you stumbling over what's behind you? So you didn't have a daddy in the house. And you think that having a mother and a father in the house is the perfect thing? It is. If you got parents that got some sense, Adolf Hitler had both his parents. So it ain't a matter of having both parents. You got to have both with some sense. I'm telling y'all off, ain't it? Some, Some of you all have parents that you don't even like no more. Don't like them. Now, it's been stated, girls love their mothers, but they were killed for their daddy's affection. That's why they find peace with Mr. Goodball. (laughs) Oh, a good daddy. A good provider. A good nourisher. I told y'all I was going to show y'all some folk, but look like, well, could I show you too? See, because you think because you Holy Ghost feel that you don't get depressed. It's okay to get depressed. But what ain't okay is if stay in there. That depression ought to be just for a moment till you get yourself together. Even Jesus got depressed. He became sorrowful unto death. So we shouldn't be walking around depressed anyway because he was wounded for our transgression. Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Jesus said, I'm sorrowful even unto death. He got depressed right in the shadow of the cross. So because he overcame that and turned around and gave us the victory, he told us how to not get depressed. Think on the things that are good. Think on the things that are lovely. Think on the things that are honest. If there be any virtue, any praise, think on these things. can get hallelujah at the church. It's this thinking, thinking that got us all in the ditch. You thinking all that mess because you ain't you you know you just need to quit it. Amen. Ain't nobody really bothering you. Amen. You're in a room all by yourself and depressed. So what's going on in the room? You pushing your own buttons. Talk about, I don't like that. I don't like that either. See, now we got company. <laughs> Think on what is good and edifying. All right, I'm going to pull the whole blade now. 1 Samuel chapter 30. I know some of y'all think, listen, let me tell you, and I'm probably not right in this, but I think I am. The people in this church that have the most challenges, I'm not saying that no one else has, but the people in this church that have the most challenges are people that are in the choir. With tears in their eyes, they still have to come and sing and clap their hands like everything's everything. A lot of them folk hurting, look at them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> uh, see that They just play it off And sing anyway So you can be happy So you can be happy Thank God for the choir Man they stand on the pulpit They attack just like I am Just like the ushers Just like the hospital Just like the sound And God knows The folk in the nursery Needs a lot of prayer man better be glad I ain't in this you'd have they, we'd have to have somebody out here every Sunday fix them windows I'd throw that little baby through that window see so God, God ain't got you know we all ain't for everything some of y'all right now kids get on your last nerves some of y'all got grandkids two things happening. glad to see them come Now we love our grandkids. But do you understand? God is talking to us about not being weary in life. And when adverse things happen to you, you do good. That's what this whole message is about. You do good. You deal with demons that's trying to attack you. You hold on to your faith. You do good. People trying to pull you down. You do good. They say bad things about you. You find something good to say about them. Don't play that game. Because it's going to weaken you. Got it? Yeah. Alright. Why I tell you to go, 1 Samuel? 1 Samuel? I ain't say verse 30. I say chapter 30. Now you know my, my mind is registered. You say a scripture is out of place, I got your homes. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Okay? Key in on verse 6. The Bible says. And David was greatly distressed. Wait a minute, pastor. This is the king of Israel. This is sweet psalmist. David wasn't just distressed. David was greatly distressed. So God is talking to all of you that are anointed and appointed to get down off of that high horse you riding on. You got feelings like the rest of us. You got situations like the rest of us. You got families like the rest of us. You ain't always right like the rest of y'all. Huh? David was greatly distressed at Ziklag. Listen. For the people spoke of stone in him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Amen. Whoop, there it is. Huh? So how do we overcome depression? You encourage yourself. You get in the mirror, you say, you know what? I know they're all against me, but God, you for me, so we're right. Come on, talk to me. You, you got to have some gospel. Come back. Yeah. David was greatly distressed, but David knew where his relief was. If he could just talk to the Lord and tell him all about his troubles, then God would hear his faintest cry and would answer, by and by. He answers right now before we call God says I'll answer you. We don't have no reason as Christians to be depressed. We don't have no reason to be all out of it. When he fixed the end from Ah, he fixed the end from the beginning. David had the Holy Ghost on him. We have the Holy Ghost in us. So now ask your neighbor what now is your problem? Don't be scared. I'm asking what, what is what is your problem now? <laughs> Say these words. We have, the we have the mind of Christ. That's a victorious mind. That's a, that's a mind. humble that's mind. A humble that's a mind that can learn. That's, that's a man that can teach. That's, that's a man that declares the victory. Before we ever get onto the battlefield. Now that's what, that's, that, that's what I'm talking about. 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 You in chapter 30 verse 18. Watch this. Some of y'all going to get your stuff back right now. Uh huh. You ready for your stuff back? Verse 18. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. Because David went before the Lord. He said, Lord, now what do I need to do about this? The Lord said, pursue, overtake, and recover all. The devil has stole so much of you all stuff until your heart is so weak, until you say, well, if it never come back, I'm okay. Now you ain't Okay. As long as the never got your stuff, you need to be concerned about getting it back. And the Lord said, I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. All those depressing moments. All those years of being without. All of that time of walking through here being hated because you love the Lord. God said, today it stops right here. The buck stops right here. If they hate you because you love Jesus, then let them hate on you. No compromise in this army. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. And the Bible says that David recovered all. God doesn't expect you to be losing nothing, not even sleep. Now you make me want to preach don't even lose no sleep David said, I will both pray and lay me down to sleep because only the Lord causes me to dwell in safety I know I'm somewhere in the Bible he didn't keep it Israel he doesn't slumber he doesn't sleep so God ain't got nowhere to go tomorrow you gotta go to work so take your nappy head to sleep when you pray and lay yourself down to sleep cause God got me some angels watching over me Uh All night and all day Got me some angels watching over me Angels watching over me my Lord The steps of a good man Are ordered by the Lord And he delighteth in his way God loves good men God strengthens good men God gives courage to good men God gives light in the darkness To good men God is a lover of good men. It's the evil men that God hates. God hates evil. Somebody tell the Lord thank you. Respond with good. I had an incident. Y'all go to 1 Kings chapter 19. I had an incident the other week because today is the first day of the week. It was last week I was in a restaurant and I was eating. A man, his wife, and his little bitty big head baby. They came and they sat in the booth right in front of me. And the Holy Ghost of God told me to buy their lunch. So you know, whenever God tells you to start spending money, you know, the flesh jump in there. So I wanted to make sure that that was God. So I sat there. I was eating my food. They were eating. Little baby loved me, just couldn't take her eyes off me. She was in a little stroller. Before they put the baby in the high chair, baby was just looking at me, little red headband around her head. Little pie face, big old moon eyes. The eyes that make you just say, oh. I was looking at a little baby, the baby was looking around at me. I was looking at the baby, the baby was looking around at me. We we had contact right there. The other side of me said, slow down eating. So they can finish and, and leave before you pay for their meal. That was the devil. So the woman got up when they got through eating and got the baby out of the high chair, put the baby back in the stroller. And so I said, my spirit man says, okay, are you going to obey God? Are you afraid to spend $15 or $20, whatever it is, on these people's lunch like the Holy Ghost told you to? So when she got up, got the baby situated, the guy was still sitting down. So I said, this is my opportunity. So I was led by the Spirit of God. I just immediately sprang out of my seat, you know. And I said, excuse me, I said, "Uh, I would like to buy... You all's lunch. Just like that. Then I said, the Lord told me to buy you all's lunch. The guy said, no, I'm good. I said, Lord told me to buy you lunch. He said, no, man, I'm good. I said, okay. Now I'm offended. <laughs> I told the young man this, because I am an elder. I told him this. I said, let me explain something to you. You don't turn down blessings. And it dawned on me. This is a black man. I don't know if he's a good man. I don't know if he's a gangbanger. I don't know if he's killed another black man. I don't know anything about him. But this is what the Lord told me to tell the men here at this church. Buy a black man's lunch this week. Until we start treating one another with dignity and respect, then the killing going to continue. Because we don't know one another. And when we look at one another, we think we're looking at the enemy. So we need to break this thing up. Do good to a black man this week. It will be more powerful coming from a black man to a black man. And I know ain't no woman around here running around buying no man's lunch. But your needy self. Buy another black man's lunch this week. And watch how God will bring it back to you. We need to get to know one another. We are not one another's enemy. We're all in this thing together. Somebody tell the Lord, thank you. Now I want to come. Amen, everybody. How many of y'all in here will buy another black man's lunch this week? Okay, those of you that don't, then you're gonna stay in captivity. We got to get to we, we got to break this cycle. We got to break this cycle. I was so upset with that young man. And and I understand, you know, I'm with my you know, I'm with my wife, I'm with my family, I can take care of my family. I got all that. But Negro please. How many Negroes running around trying to buy a black man's lunch? Two in the whole city. You better learn how to receive something. Oh, hallelujah anyhow. I want to conclude like this. But it's going to take about four scriptures to do it. I was going to, I know you're in 1 Kings 19. I don't have time to go there. That's Elijah. He got all depressed. He went into the wilderness. He told the Lord to kill him. This man wanted to be put to death. Because he was so depressed. The Lord sent the man an angel cake. And he ate it. See let me tell you. The cure for depression is word. You got to eat it. You got to see yourself the way the Lord sees you. Can I get a witness up in here? (laughs) And I told the women in here. Let me tell you again. Don't you ever let the estimation of yourself be determined by no man. Because some of y'all, all y'all life has been looking for acceptance. And that's why you can't rest. Is it fair for you to be looking for some man that will validate you and verify you and you haven't even done that for yourself? Think about it. Think about it. That's the same approach I take from this pulpit. I don't need no white boy to verify my preaching. Amen. Amen. Nobody. Amen. You got to learn how to be strong on your own two footsies. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on a whole arm my God and then wear the devil out. Now I want to come up close in person because some families are not functioning at the level the Lord want them to function because the man is depressed. The man is so depressed until he can't get over what got him depressed. Now you know, ain't no need you running up in here on no given holiday think that this is an ordinary church. You know we don't play that. You know, we got a carnation for you, but before you get all that, you eat this. We got something for you to eat. We got something for you. A house cannot rise above where the man is willing to take it. Huh? (laughs) And some of you women, bless your heart. You've done well, but that old couch potato... That man that know everybody that ever played in the NFL since 1912 and don't even know your mama's name. (laughs) And you trying to hold the house together and this man won't do nothing to help you. You finding it difficult up in here to even celebrate him today. That's why I've seen smoke come out of some of you all mouth. you burning it up with speaking with Tom, but you can't change him. Let me show it to you. Proverbs chapter 18. Today's message, don't be weary in well-doing. FC 2614. FC2614 is now available on CD for only $10. And it may be purchased by calling Know Your Bible at 318-938-1885 or you can mail in your request to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana 71119 or email us greenwoodacres at comcast.net Now the question is Will I do as will There is power, power, wonder-working power In the blood of Jesus The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary Is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time Because tomorrow is not promised So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ And thou shalt be saved and your house For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus Shall be saved Jesus said come The Father says come The Holy Spirit says come And I say come you need to come now now, the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest chief of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Look at the trouble all over the world. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the questions are... Will I... Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible,